2019, it's the last Sunday. I put it out on Facebook. This is the last Sunday you got a chance to worship corporately uh, before 2020 comes. And so I know, uh, how many of you are excited for 2020? Like, gosh, you couldn't get here fast enough, raise your hand. All right, are there any in here that are kind of hating to see 2019 go? They, they had a really good year. Nobody? There's not one? Wow. I thought it was just me. But uh, for some of you, I know you're really excited, especially my dad. It'll be the first time he's ever seen 2020 vision. Even 2020, he can take those glasses off, those Coke bottle lenses, uh, come Wednesday morning. Uh, but uh, but I am, I'm, I'm really excited about uh, uh, the message that God's given me to give you guys today about crossing over. I found this cool little app the other day, this little picture. I was I was excited about it. But uh, I always love the seasons. I always love the changing of the seasons, and I really love New Year's. Uh, I'm not a big New Year's resolution guy, but I just see so many people that, that you know, we try different things. Like uh, if you still got kids at home, when school starts, you try new, you know, new ways to be a better dad or a better mom or make things more efficient at the house. And if you're like me, it's December. Those things that you put into place in August are gone, but we did make them a little further. I always want to get up earlier. I, I, I do pretty good at the beginning. But I just love... Uh, what New Year's brings to a lot of people. Uh, just an opportunity to, to start fresh and anew. And, and uh, for me, this, this is, uh, I turned 38 the first part of this month. I know some of you that don't know me, I'm one of the associate pastor here. I know I look 20, uh, but uh, I'm not. I'm 38. Uh, with that comes, uh, uh, you realize that you're not as good as you once were. Uh, I played my 14-year-old nephew in basketball a couple of days ago, and uh, uh, he gave me a crossover, and uh, uh, I'm still a little sore from it. But I want to pray for so I want to get into this. God's got a lot of cool things to give us as we get ready for the new year. So pray with me. Father God, I thank you for today. God, I thank you for allowing me to be here. God, even when I didn't want to. Uh, God, you put this word in my heart and, and got me to this place, and I thank you for that. So, God, I thank you that you are bigger than my feelings, you're bigger than my frustrations, uh, that you're sovereign. And, God, I pray that this morning, your words, God, would resonate in my heart and, and in these people's hearts, God. Wherever in the room, later on in Facebook, wherever who hears this message, God, I pray that, pray that your words would be anointed and blessed and life-changing. And so, God, just uh, be with us this morning and be with us as we get prepared for 2020. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, if you got your Bibles, uh, if you don't, there's one in front of you, but that's it today. You got the screen and you got the pew Bibles in front of you. We're, we're doing a little old school today, but that's okay. Technology wasn't my friend, and it never is, and I'm pretty technological, but it just, just wasn't happening today. But if you turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 4, uh, we're going to pick it up there in verse 35. And I'm going to read these few verses and then we're going we're to talk about them. It says, On that day when evening had come, he told them, Let's cross over to the other side of the lake. So they left the crowd and took him along since he was already in the boat. And the other boats were with him. 
a fierce windstorm arose and the waves were breaking over the boat so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. So they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to die? So he got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Silence, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Then he said to them, Why are you fearful? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and asked one another, Who then is this? Even the wind and the sea obey him. And so I love preaching out of the Gospels. I love seeing what uh, uh, the different uh, authors, kind of the different viewpoints of God. But this is a familiar story that's written, I think, in Luke and in Matthew. We read it, obviously, out of Mark here. But uh, uh, as we break this down, there's a couple things that I hope stands, what stood out to me, in fact... This week, as I got into it, we end up finishing where we're going to finish today because God showed me something else. But it says, On that day, when evening had come, he told them, Let's cross over to the other side of the lake. And so, give you a little backstory because it was the end of the day. And if you read the earlier part of Mark chapter 4, Jesus was teaching, as he was all throughout his life, and especially his ministry, he was always teaching. And he taught in these parables. And because uh, a lot of them, that was the only way they could understand it, you know. Uh, I don't know if y'all are like me, having kids at home, and we're trying to do homework. So my wife was the brainiac. My wife was the one that did really good in school because she worked hard at it. I did okay in school just because God blessed me. I didn't have college. I had to really work at it a little harder. I was four years. I was done. Thank the Lord. You know, Mark Lowry says some people graduate summa cum laude. I graduated. Thank the Lord. And. Uh, uh, but we did. We graduated nonetheless. But I'm always trying to, and it's, it's so cool, and we're waiting to see what my son Silas, who we adopted from Ethiopia, but my girls, Lila is a lot like me, uh, and Emmy is a lot like Kimberly. So I always say, hey, you got to go talk to Emmy because I can't get through to her. I'll go handle Lila. Lila and I, we're, we're good. We're, you know, she's a lot like me. She, she, she had all hundreds and a 99 on a report card, didn't study a lick, didn't do any homework hardly, so... That's, that's changing, though, a lot of you. You're going to have to work at it at some point. But, but Jesus taught in parables, these stories that they would understand, trying to get a bigger message across, you know. And so if you look in Mark chapter 4, there's a bunch of different ones, the parable of the sower and how the Word of God. And then you come up here uh, putting your lamp under a basket, and, and then he would say, hey, the kingdom of God is like this, and uh, the kingdom of God is like that. And he's trying to get them, and, and they weren't really getting it. And I don't know about you, um, December the 19th or 20th, I think it was the 19th, this, the Queen Public School, at least the primary school, had their staff Christmas party. And so uh, I challenge you to do it. It be a great time, ministry opportunity next year. But Miss Klitz, who my son's in kindergarten, she had to go to the, the, the party so they'd only get a parent to come watch them. And so it was two hours long, and I love kids. But I almost wrote a letter to Jason. Hey, you need to pay these kindergarten teachers a little bit more. It was exhausting. And, uh, but it was good. Uh, but I was glad that it was over. And so you find Jesus right here on that day when evening had come. He told them, uh, let's go across. And, and it says, so they left the crowd and took him along since he was already in the boat. And another version says, as he was. Well, guess how Jesus was? We find out a little later because he fell asleep. He was tired. 
You know, I'm amazed. Anytime that I've taught, you know, I'm a, I'm a one, one-hit wonder. If you hang around with me very much, you'll hear me say I'm the king of wing. I'm, I'm good once. But you make me teach the same thing seven times during the day, it would only get worse. It wouldn't get better. And, uh, uh, but Jesus was trying. He was trying to get these guys to understand what they were here for, what he was here for. And, uh, but he said, let's cross over to the other side. And that's important, you know, for us. That's important. Because he already told them where they were going. And when Jesus said, let's cross over to the other side of the lake, guess what? The destination had been set. Now, they could have went way far to the right and got to the other side. They could have went way far to the left. They could have went straight across. But God told them, Jesus told them, we're going to the other side of the lake. And that sounds really simple for, for, these, for us looking back at this, right? I, I, I'm always amazed. One of the things I've been doing this year is, oh, yeah, they got in a boat, there was a storm came, Jesus said, yeah, easy. Well, I don't like the ocean. I know this was not the ocean, it was the sea. I, I, I get a little leery even in the lake sometimes. I have a, a, a healthy respect for water, maybe a healthy fear of water, either one. Uh, but when Jesus has told you something, he's faithful. He's going to see it through. Now, it might, might be in your way he thought he would do it, you know, but he'd given them a promise. Let's go to the other side. He'd given them a destination. And for us, as we get ready for 2020, he's given us a destination, right? He's given us promises. And I was listening, this is just a little side note, I was listening to a preacher uh, this week as a drive, uh, we drove to Russellville, and one of the things, he's like, you know, everybody wants a fresh word for 2020, right? And, and he goes, why would God give you a fresh word when you hadn't done the word that he gave you five years ago? And so... That's one of the things that I want to encourage you. Whatever God has told you, whatever he's promised you, whatever uh, his word tells us, we can, we can hold, hold fast to that. Sometimes cling, like hold on to it like your life depends on it because sometimes it really does. But he's given them this deal. Let's cross over. And uh, we find out in, in chapter 5 what was on the other side. But in the midst of this, this, this storm arose. And I don't know about you, but this year especially for me, it seems like, okay, I'd get everything, kind of find my, my, my place of peace, and it was hard to find at times. And as soon as I got there, I was holding on to it, and it would just seem like, I mean, something little this year. Man, it'd be something that wouldn't have rattled my chains in the years past, but this year I was so vulnerable that it would just mess me up. A storm would come. And Jesus tells us, guess what? Storms are going to come. In this world you will have trouble. And, and just like this, storms come. And Jesus, but Jesus was sleeping, which I find refreshing that Jesus, that, that just shows that he was fully human, needed the rest. Uh, uh, in reading some commentary, I got tickled. Somebody said maybe he, he uh, started the storm just so they would quit asking him questions. Because they were, they thought, hey, what did you mean by this parable? What did you mean by that parable? I don't know if you've ever been around a kid that's in kindergarten. They just ask why. They, they're figuring things, and it's good, you know. That's what, that's what grandparents are good for. Quit getting on to them. They're just trying to figure out the world. That ain't what you told me when I was six. Sit down. Be quiet. But, uh, uh, but they were. They were trying to figure, out, figure it out, but they hadn't figured it out yet. And so this storm comes on us, comes on this boat. And it wasn't just, you've got to remember, these were fishermen. Y'all have heard this. They were fishermen. It wasn't their first storm, but it was a, it was a storm that got them not only afraid, but afraid 
for their life. And, you know, the fishing boats back then didn't have very big sidewalls because they would pull their, their nets into the boats. So water was coming in, they were getting swamped, and finally somebody got the good idea to wake up Jesus, right? They, they had learned enough that maybe there's something different about this guy, he could do something about it. And uh, so they did. They, 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 they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to die? Now, I don't know about you, but we can all get dramatic. Not that they didn't have a real sense of, of drama here, a real reason for it, but, but even my kids, even, even me sometimes, we get very dramatic, right? Men get sick and we get really dramatic. Y'all, y'all know that. Uh, but just with things in life, like nobody cares about me. We just get really, really dramatic at times. And, uh, uh, but they were. Teacher, don't you care that we're going to die? Don't you know that we're out here suffering? Don't you, you know, maybe you find yourself in that place in 2019 as we get ready to cross over into 2020. Like, we just keep coming back here. Like, hey, hello, don't forget about us. It's great that you're in there sleeping, but I'm in here fighting for my life. And we can get on that island by ourselves sometimes and, and we just think nobody cares, nobody hears us. Uh, God, I've been crying out to you a long time and nobody, I, I get nothing in return, but you're alive, right? They were alive. Jesus is asleep, but he's alive, he's breathing. And so he got up. I almost wonder, if, you know, what that looked like. If he was, if Jesus was a morning person, you know, I'm a morning person, but you wake me up from a nap and it's not good. You know, Silas likes to think that I'm sleeping. When I'm sleeping, I'm fake sleeping. So sometimes when I'm really sleeping, he'll come in there fake and he'll start and wake me up. It scares me. But Jesus got up and he rebuked it, right? He rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Silence, be still. Basically, if you kind of look at that, he said, put a muzzle on it, right? And it did. The wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Why? Because Jesus wasn't afraid. He already knew they were going to make it to the other side. And I've told you this before, and I'm not saying that it's easy, but if we can wrap our mind around what Jesus promises us as, as children of God, if you're not a child of God, if you never put your faith and trust to follow after him, not to just believe in him, not to call yourself a Christian, but to follow after Jesus and what he, the, the, the life that he lived and the example that he showed us. But if, you, if you're a follower of Jesus, this earth is as bad as it gets. Our end destination is in heaven with Jesus. That's, his, that, that's our destiny. That's a great destiny. Now it may get a little bumpy, a little rocky here on earth, but we know where we're going and we can have hope in that. That's what the Bible says. You know, if, you're not a, if you're not a follower of Jesus, I, can't, I, can, I can offer you that hope, but you have to receive that hope. But, but the destination had already been set. Jesus had some work for them to do on the other side of the river. There was a demon-possessed man that had been there for a long time that, that was crazy because there was, there was, the demon's name was Legion, which was made up of a lot of spirits in there. And this guy had been living with these for a long time, so much so that he'd been an outcast, he'd been chained, he'd breaking these chains, and, and, and Jesus knew he needed to get to the other side because sometimes for me, 
And I would guess sometimes for you, we get caught up on ourselves, just like these, these, these disciples were. Hello, we're about to die here. I don't care what's going on on the other side of the lake. I care about me. And Jesus cares about you too. But he cares about you because you're going to affect somebody else. There's somebody in your circle that, that God has been put you through this season of whatever trials and tribulation in 2019. Maybe it's been going on for multiple years. You know, whatever that is, whatever that struggle is, that's not, we talked about it last time, about being a wounded healer. God's going to use that for somebody else. So yeah, he allowed you to go through it. But it wasn't just as a punishment. It was about persevering through so then whenever you meet the person on the other side, you can help them. And that was their destination. Let's cross over. Let us cross over. And so they found this, this man, this demon-possessed man. And him and Jesus had a conversation. And he's like, oh, you know, I'm not going to go into that story. But he ended up casting that spirit out into like 200 pigs. So the guy held on to this spirit that didn't kill him, but he got thrown into 200 pigs and, and they killed the pigs, right? And then what happened with this guy? He wanted to go with Jesus because when Jesus has affected your life, you want to go with Jesus. You don't just want to believe in him. You don't want to say, man, I, I go to this church down there. You want to follow after him. And you want to do what he tells you to do. And so Jesus said, no, no, no. You see, it's better for you to stay here because you're going to be a physical representation of the change that I brought to you, the power of God. Right here. So stay amongst your people. Stay in the people that had outcasted you to this graveyard and changed you, changed you up. Now put on some normal clothes. Go back in the city and you'll be a vis visible representation. So I, I always imagine that being with Lazarus, right? When La Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, like uh, 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 we, we make fun of my youngest daughter, Lila, because she's a lot like my mom. She'll get caught people watching. She's not trying to be rude. She's trying to figure you out, but she'll just be mouth open just staring at you but that's how I would imagine when Lazarus came into a room I just kind of just trying to figure him out like you just kind of want to touch him like are you really here right because Jesus wants you to be this light that he just told about this parable right don't hide it under a bushel don't hide it under a basket you're supposed to be the light to the world but they weren't getting this parable and so much so that he had spent his whole day teaching till he was exhausted. So they went to the other side. He fell asleep. Storm came. They woke him up. And he just, you know, he wasn't trying to teach him no parable that time. He just got up and said, that's enough. Be still. Whew. And probably out of all the lessons that they had received that day, this one stuck. Right? Because it wasn't just about words. It was about action. And so much so, this is what he said. Then he said to them, Why are you fearful? Do you still have no faith? So there's two hats we can wear in 2019, getting ready for 2020. You know, uh, sometimes I'm doing really good. I think I got my faith hat on. But one little trigger point, and I just get fear just overcomes me, Right? And, 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 and let me just let me let me let me tell you what fear is. Okay, faith is trust in God, right? What he's talking about here. Where's your faith? Like we have faith. You have faith in your kids. 
that they'll be able to not burn the house down if you go for a walk around the neighborhood. Well, guess what happens if you come in and all of a sudden the fire extinguisher's out because they cook something. Didn't happen in our house. This is, Amy would be mad. Amy's actually a really good cook. But then the next time you went out, you probably would say, hey, no bacon, because your faith in them had been a little tested, right? Because it's a lack of trust. And so fear is being full of fear, which means basically not having trust in someone or something, in this case, Christ. Well, what are we trusting him in? All that he says he is. All that he says he can do. Do you have faith? Because you see, I think, not just in this church, uh, we just got back from Ethiopia. I always love uh, sharing. Uh, a lot of them have never experienced American culture, so they always like to hear, and I always tell them, you know, for the longest time, it's taken me eight years for the, to get them to realize that America is not a Christian nation. And it blows their mind every time I meet somebody new and I tell them that. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, it's not. Oh, well, that kind of makes sense, how you've passed some of the laws that you've passed and some of the things that you've done. I said, yeah. But there is a, there is a remnant there. There are some, 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 some godly people who, quite frankly, have been sitting on the sidelines for a long time and have, have almost, and I say almost, because they're like a sleeping giant, lost their voice. But I believe, and, and, and this, is, this is a little bit of faith, this is a little bit of a commandment, but I really do believe 2020 is going to be the year, not only for this church, but the church in America, those that are truly following after Christ, to rise up. And so that's where you've got to find yourself. Are you faithful? Full of faith, full of trust in God, full of trust in His Word. Are you more fearful? And I've been both, right? I've got a lot of faith in this situation, in this situation, not so much. It's happened to me the last three years. I'll be doing really good getting ready to go to Ethiopia. Normally within two weeks out of the trip, I'll wake up in the middle of the night just f afraid to fly. And I'm not even that afraid to fly. But my mind starts going, you know, that's where, you're, that's where it comes in. That enemy comes in in your mind. I'm like, man, something this big should not be in the air that long. And, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Is it better to, if we have to make a landing, is it better to land on land or, or, or water? And I, and I do. And it's, 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 I've gotten better because it happened about four or five years ago and I feel it coming on. It's like a cloak that comes on me. And because I've experienced it and I had faith to get through it, I know God's going to get me through it. And sometimes that's all I can lean on while, while that cloak is on me. You've got to be full of faith. Well, how do you become full of faith, Micah? That's great. You preachers all the talk, always talk about you should do this and do that. How does that look like? What does that look like? I've heard a youth pastor one time call it the YBH. Yeah, that sounds good, but how? Yeah, but how? How do we do that? Well, first, just like they did, they asked him, who then is this? You know, they finally had seen the wave stop, the storm cease, and they realized, whoa, whoa. Who is this? They didn't, they didn't fully understand it. They still didn't fully. They didn't fully get it till they got to heaven. But they began, this was a turning point, I, th I think, in their, their, their following after Jesus. That they began to see it wasn't just about wise words. You know, they'd seen a few miracles. But we're talking about nature listens to him. Actually, nature listens to him better than we people listen to him. Who? Then is this? So that's my question.
to you. This is probably, we, we just got finished this first semester at Mary Martha Center teaching the kids the real God, the characteristics of God. And it was good. It was a good discussion. But, but uh, you know, what you think of God really does define you, right? When I've counseled people before, you know, they always think that their problem is bigger than God. Their problem is unique. You know, God can fix you. Yeah, I know he's fixed other people's marriages, but mine's too far gone. Like, one, the enemy tries to isolate you in that. But what you think and know about God, right? So I got a few things here. Number one, I want you to know that he cannot tell a lie. He's honest. In fact, Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man who lies or the son of man who changes his mind. Does he speak and not act or promise and not fulfill? He's trustworthy. He's honest. You can trust him. He's never told a lie. Ever. Now some of you are already having a hard time putting that in your brain because you're looking at it through the lens of man. And he's not man. He's God. And he's honest. And not only is he honest, he's good. And not just kind of good, like we've kind of messed up that word, but like good. In Psalm 145.9, it says, The Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all his creation. You're alive today. You know why? Because God is a good God. And you may not ever thought about it. You may not ever receive it. doesn't matter if you receive it because it is who he is. He's good. Psalm 11968 uh, says, You are good, and what you do is good. So whatever he's doing, it's good. You don't have to doubt it, you know. I don't know if you've ever done that with somebody. I think, I think, I think it's going to work. I think it's good. I think it's going to work out. If God is doing it, it's good. Settled. He's sovereign. Right? And I, I was really trying to understand that word, but in Colossians Chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, it says, Because of him, everything was created in heaven and on earth, the visible, the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. He's sovereign. Right? I want you to think about every ruler that's ever been in, in the history of mankind, whether it be kings, whether it be presidents, prime ministers, they were either given that because they were born into the right family, right? Or they were voted in by people. Jesus is the King of kings and the little Lord. It's his power. He created the power to give out. It's his. He's sovereign. That's who he is. He's holy. God is high and holy, set apart than anybody else. There's nobody even like him. 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 23 says, Lord, the God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven above or on earth below. There's no one. And some of you know this, but I, I'm hoping that this is resonating in your spirit, that this fear, whatever's been in here, is starting to vanish. And you're starting to, starting to become faithful. Guess what else he is? He's wise. God's perfect knowledge always leads to the best decisions. In Romans chapter 11, we just got through with Romans. It says, oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand his decision and his ways. 
like he's wise. Like not earthly wisdom. We're talking about heavenly wisdom. And this one really resonates. He's just. He's just. God is always fair. Even when life isn't. Psalm 50 verse 6 says, Then let the heavens proclaim his justice, for God himself will be the judge. Maybe some of y'all need to hear that today. Like You just seem like everybody's getting ahead of you. Like You're doing right, you're trying to do things, and it just seems like everybody that's doing something wrong is getting a blessing. Y'all ever been there? I've been there. But he's just. I promise you he sees it. He knows. And you've got to remember that our life is an eternal life, not just a life lived on earth. That you're going to get what, what's coming to you. So hold on. Keep fighting that good fight of faith. God's loving. God's love will always find us. In fact, Luke chapter 19, verse 10 says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. He will find you. His love will hunt you down. Psalm 117, 20 says, For great is His faithful love to us. The Lord's faithfulness endures forever. Like it doesn't, like if He says He's going to be there, He's going to be there. He's faithful. And we keep looking at that through the lens of man and not through the lens of God. Remember, I told you He's honest. He doesn't lie. So if he says his love is faithful, it's unconditional, it is. And then lastly, he's faithful. God never breaks his promise. Psalm 33, verse 4. For the word of the Lord is right and true. His faithfulness, he's faithful in all that he does. And, and so, as we get ready to cross over, you know, that's a fun little word study. If you're bored, or if you want to see what all God does, just, just study that crossover. Right? Miss Lynette, we've been talking about it for a long time. In Joshua uh, chapter 3 and 4, he was getting ready to take uh, uh, those Israelites that were under Moses and dying off generation, and they were getting ready to cross the Jordan. They had to cross over, and it's cool what they did. First of all, uh, they, they, they got themselves right. They took away anything that shouldn't have been there, which is something we should do, not just physically, but spiritually, every day. But I really challenge you, as we get ready for 2020, to do that. To really look around, to be honest, you know? But they did, they, they, they got ready, and, and just like Jesus was with them here in the boat, uh, just like we just got finished the Christmas season, y'all know what Matthew, the angel, told Mary, what are you going to name Jesus? Remember the name that they gave him? Emmanuel. Out of all the names that, that they could have told Mary, this is what he, which one did he get? Emmanuel, which means God is with us. He's a God that doesn't want to be far from us. He's a God, that's what he wanted to be known by, the God that was with his people, just like Jesus was with them in the boat. They ended up going across the Jordan. They, they put the, the, the Ark of the Covenant, they led it before the people because, uh, uh, one, he was going to show them where to go, but he wanted to know that God was with them. And he's with you guys. He's with you guys. And so they did. They crossed over. Just like we need to. We need to cross over into 2020. Not doing the same things that we did in 2019. There's some good things that were going on in 2019. But there were some bad things. It's the hardest year of my life. 2019 has been the hardest year of my life. So I'm really looking forward to 2020. If nothing else, uh, I almost put it up here 
The first mistake you're going to make in 2019 is when you write that check or your date you put in 2019. That's the first mistake you're going to make. But I just needed, I needed that recalibration. I needed that, that, that starting point of what God, is, God has told me. God is, and, and I, I'm, I'm, I told you, it's, it's more of a promise. It's a prophet. 2020 is it. In my life, 2020 is it. 2020 is going to be the turning point for the Martin household. 2020 is going to be the turning point for First Baptist Church. 2020 is going to be the turning point for DeQueen. I truly believe that. But it's not going to happen if we continue to do the same old thing. Just waking up, go to work. And it's not that those things are bad. But some of them aren't purposeful. And so just like they got ready to cross the Jordan, God was giving them something new. God was giving them what they, he had already promised them. It took them generations to get there. And sometimes we don't understand that because we don't understand his wisdom. We don't understand his timing, but it's perfect. But the most important thing you can decide today to get ready for 2020 is who is this Jesus? Maybe it's who is this Jesus that other people are following because you don't know him. Maybe for some of you, you've been at church a long time and you know all these, I mean, you probably know them better than you probably could have told me some of them. But you really haven't been full of faith. You've been full of knowledge. And there's a big difference. Knowledge puffs out the chest. Faith gets you moving. Who is this Jesus in your life? Is he existent? Is he active? Is he something you do on Sunday mornings and occasionally Wednesday nights? You know, I've heard it, but this is not the first time somebody shouted that from the pulpit. But if 2020 is going to be as good for you as it's going to be for me, we have to know who this Jesus is. And let me tell you, they spent time with him. They, 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 they got into some, some situations with him. But they found out who he was. Because these guys that were in the boat, that thought they were about to die, are the reason why you and me know about Jesus today. They got it. They began to follow after him. Not just follow him here, but after, after he left, they began to be guided by the Spirit and do the things that he's called them to do. And that's my challenge to you. But you've got to decide today, today, December 29th, 2019, who is this Jesus? Because we, some of you know his promises. I, I'm going to reiterate it. You know it. But then your life does, does no reflecting of that. You know? I love it. How many, I, I can't tell you how many times that, that not, not just here at this church, but just with, 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 with godly people in general, about forgiveness. The Bible says, forgive one another just as Christ forgave you. But like you don't know what they've done to me. Doesn't matter. Jesus says to forgive them. But I just can't do it. Well, then you can't follow after Jesus because that's what he says you got to do. That's what he says. So many things, and it's not because he's trying to put you over a barrel. It's because he wants you to be free. He wants you to take off that stuff. He wants you to take off that cloak. He wants you to consecrate yourself so when you cross over into 2019, you're free. And you don't have to be bogged down with the chains that have gotten you down in 2019. And some of you have been carrying chains your whole life from years past and years past and years past and years past. And he wants you to take them off. And he wants you to follow after him. And he wants you to be full of faith. But you've got to decide, who is this Jesus? So who is he to you? So I'm going to close today. I found this. The last time I preached, 
uh, we were driving somewhere, and my wife goes, you know, you should have played, you should have played this song. And I'd never heard the song. I was like, why didn't you tell me about that? So we were driving home from Russellville the other day, and she goes, hey, what are you, what, what, where's your sermon? What are, what are you thinking? And so she found this, and, and I'm just going to preface it for you men. This was done at a women's conference. So there's a little bit of sisters. But I promise you, you're going to be blessed, and I think this is going to help you figure out who this Jesus is. So play that, listen. That's him. So if you've never met that Jesus, I want to talk to you today. But some of you didn't even realize it, that you've been really carrying around this baggage full of 
fear. It wasn't necessarily fear maybe like you, we know it, but it's just a lack of faith. And so here's what Jesus wants you to do. As we get ready to cross over into the new year, he wants you to be full of faith. And so we're fixing to play. We're fixing to play one of my favorite some new songs called uh, The Waymaker. As we sing that, this is your chance to get rid of that stuff. This is your chance to uh, be moved by God. This is your chance, if, if there's somebody here that doesn't know him, let me introduce you to him. That was a great description. But guess what? There's more. <laughs> but it's not about just doing life. God has blessed you. If you're alive today, you've been blessed. It may not be comparatively speaking to somebody else, but life is a blessing. And so as we, this is your time. And so uh, uh, if you need to pray, come down here and pray. If you need to pray with me, if you need to come and, and confess things to God, do that. If you need to confess things to me, you confess things to somebody. The Bible says to do that. Confess, confess your sins to one another so that you will be healed. If you need healing today, that's a great way. If you need to come speak a word, because sometimes, you know, I, I, we do a manhood class, and one of the things, you know, uh, uh, if, you t if you take a, a dream and you put it on paper, then it becomes a goal. So sometimes we have all these things out here, but we never share them because we're scared. And so maybe you need to share with somebody in this room what, what God's called you to do. Maybe he's been trying to call you to do it for years, but you just hadn't had enough faith to do it. But, but boy, when you speak it, life happens, Right? Our word for this year that Josh preached on in, 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 in the end of November and December was breathe, right? Prophesy to those dry bones, right? You got to speak stuff into existence. But if 2020 is going to be what it, what it needs to be, we've all got to be right. We've all got to be right. Because it's not just about you. It's about that person that's on the other side when we cross over. There's somebody at your work. There's somebody in your house. There's somebody in your neighborhood. There's a stranger that you're going to meet. And you got to be ready. You got to be full of faith. So we got to get there. So I'm going to pray for us. And when I say amen, that's your opportunity to come pray. That's your opportunity to go to somebody else in here. You know, maybe, uh, maybe the, there's some ladies in here that don't want to come share with a the man. There's some great women in here that you can come share with. If you don't know, come ask me. I'll find you one. But don't leave here today. This is the last Sunday of the year, if you didn't know it. Be moved. Be ready. Be full of faith.